Welcome to Ed's Edge, the podcast to help you live the life you've always wanted. I want to give you an edge, a financial edge. I'm Ed Meek. I'm a financial advisor with a passion to help you retire early, save more, and live better. It's often the little things, small behaviors, that can change our lives. That's the power of a financial edge. I know that if I call this a New Year's resolution, you'll stop listening and you won't even do anything. So I won't call it that. What James and I are going to try to do today is help you look forward and plan for a productive financial year. And there's a variety of things, especially in the beginning of the year, for the next couple of months that you can do to put you on the right path. And you might already be doing a lot of them, but there might be a couple little tweaks, just like like I had in the beginning of every podcast, a lot of little things. If you do a lot of these little things, it will make a huge difference in the long run. And I'm not kidding you. It, It will make a difference like you can retire one or two years earlier if you do a number of these things. So let's jump right into it. Well, James, 2021. We're not going to talk about New Year's resolutions. I mean, we might talk about ours. What Do you have one for this year? Uh, I do. So happy New Year's, uh, everyone. I decided my personal New Year's resolution, uh, some might laugh, I am going to be in bed every single night by 930. Why did I decide this? Well, my son is up very early every day. And I tend to stay up too late watching sports, most likely, and I'm lacking sleep. And I'm crabby when I'm not uh, not too energetic. So uh, I decided 9.30, I'm in bed. That's mine. I will tell you, I, I used to stay up really late until just a few years ago because I liked waking up and reading and such. And it's awesome. I go to bed you know, by then usually or a little earlier. I will tell you, though, it kind of messes up the weekends <laughs> because, you know, your friends go out or you want to do something late and then, you know, 10, 10.30 hits and I'm like falling asleep no matter what I'm doing. So just be prepared for that. Like it's great on all fronts, but that's one of the downsides. Yeah, we might be talking in March and I'm I'm already breaking that habit, but let's hope not. I do have a dad joke for you, Ed. I think I can justify that now. It's time. Okay. So uh, with it being 2021... Officially, hindsight is now twenty twenty. How about that? Bottom. <laughs> All right. Now that we got that out of the way, do you way, think Theo's going to listen to this podcast someday, and he'll be like, oh, roll his eyes? You know. Uh, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about me? I mean, you, this morning you came in and you asked me if I have a New Year's resolution, and I said I usually don't, but then one popped into my head. Tell me, Ed. So I have a friend who I get together with once a week. And he was telling me about his brother. And so I'm 52 now. I've always known I do cardio, but I never lift weights. And I've always been like, oh, I should do some push-ups. I should do something. Just because as you get older, they say that you should keep your strength where it's at. Because if you don't, then eventually you get weak and you can't do anything about it. So I've never been an especially strong man, even though many people call me Arnold Schwarzenegger when they look at me. I Nobody does. What? Nobody does, but okay. Go ahead. Yeah, you are correct. <laughs> I'm very, I was a very, not anymore, but I was a very, very thin guy my whole life. So what I decided to do this year is this friend of mine told me that his brother came up with this thing where he decided he 
will do push-ups, but he will never do more than 10 push-ups in a, in a setting. And he'll try to do them numerous times a day. Now, this guy actually drops down and does 10 push-ups around 50 times a day. So that's ridiculous, right? I mean, you know, that's not a New Year's resolution I'm going to have. But he said anybody can make a New Year's resolution to do at least one push-up a day. If you just do at least one push-up a day, then you can say, hey, I'm on a streak of doing push-ups a day. So, so I think I've decided, not I think, I have decided as of today, because you asked me about having one, I'm going to do at least one push-up a day for the rest of the year. And you can check in on me and see how I'm doing. I love it. I love it. So you're you're accounted for at least 359, 361, right? Somewhere in that range? Left? Yeah. I haven't done any yet. So <laughs> okay. I'll start it today. <laughs> but one a day, at least one a day. At least okay. one a day, right. All right, let's get going. Number one today, we got three main points we want to cover with you. But number one today is 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 paying yourself first, is making sure you're on track with getting money into these retirement accounts, right? The to compound and get your investments growing the most is best being done inside of retirement accounts. And the reason is, we've said before, it saves you a lot of money in taxes. If you put it in pre-tax or you put it in after-tax in one of those Roth type of investments, they give you huge tax benefits as it's growing. So that's our number one thing we want to be putting money into when we can first and foremost. So the reason why I'm bringing it up right now is because this is a great time of year to be saying, hey, how much am I putting in? Like, let's say you make $100,000 a year and, and you have an automatic, I'm gonna put 10, I'm putting 10% away. So you're putting $10,000 a year into your 401k. That's awesome. But do you have the ability? Are you getting a raise? You know, some people are, that, that's awesome. I mean, a lot of people aren't because of COVID. But if you are, then think about maybe try to do 15%. I mean, I have seen this so many times personally as well as for others that when you just turn that up, that percentage up, it almost doesn't feel like it makes much of a difference in your life. And so that and IRA accounts, uh, if you don't have a 401k, you can put money into IRA accounts. In fact, uh, just so people know, you if you're under 50, you could put up to $6,000 into an IRA. You could put up to $19,000. $500 into a 401k. If you're over 50, you can put an extra thousand in the IRA up to seven, or you can put up to 26,000 in a 401k. So these are, these are figures if possible that you want to shoot for because it'll make a huge difference. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we all, we all know if we have that extra cash each given month, what are we going to do with it? We, we have feel good moments. We want to set, gratify ourselves. And so we're going to spend a lot of it. If you take a little bit more of that and set up an automatic payment, that's that's the one thing that personally we do and it made a huge difference for us is set up automatic payments. You know, for example, that $6,000 that you want to put in the IRA, if you can't do it all at once, $500 a month, set it up automatically as soon as you get paid to move into that IRA account. Furthermore, the 401ks, we've talked about this before, worth mentioning again, company matching definitely contribute at least up to that company match. If they match up to 5%, put in at least 5%. The company matching is free money. It's it's a beautiful thing. Wait, you just and this is huge. Like we see this all the time. I see this all the time. Like a lot of times I'll say to people, "What do you put in your 401k?" They'd be like 5% because that's what they match up to. Now, if you're in a situation where you can do more, you have to, you don't have to, but you really should do more. And so a lot of people are holding themselves behind because they're just doing what the match is. So 
you know, don't see that as, oh, that's what I should do. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 well said, and we keep talking about this topic. I know some that have been listening over the the several episodes we've done are saying, "Guys, you're t- we're tired of hearing this," but it is so important. The times when people uh, we we talk to people and we look at their retirement accounts and they built up this wonderful next egg. There's this book. It's called The Millionaire Next Door, and it talks about how these people obtain such wonderful wealth. And it's not due to any home run they hit in the stock market. It's due to the consistency of those savings. So. Well, in, you know, James, as you know, I, I, I've shared this with you, you know, we, I have a list of questions over the years that I have kind of gleaned from other advisors. What are great questions advisors can ask people? And the one I love to ask people is, what is the best financial decision you have ever made up till now? What do you think is the best financial decision? And I would say there's a variety of main ones, but the one I actually hear the most, I am not kidding you, is contributing to my 401k as much as I can. And the reason is, is if you do it young enough and for long enough, it gets to be million, multi-millions if you consistently do that. And that is huge. The reason we're talking about it right now at the beginning of the year is we all know once we once we set everything up, when's the next time we're going to look at it? That's changing those contributions? Probably not until this time next year. Yeah, even if if we even look at it. If it's just on autopilot, you don't even do that. Lastly, just regarding this one point is, uh, you know, IRA accounts, even if you get it set up on auto, you have until April 15th to put in money for last year, okay? You don't have to wait. You could you can do 2021s, but you have until April 15th to do that. Yeah, great point. You know, we still have some time for last year. To lower that AGI, right? Lower that adjusted gross income. <laughs> so, all right, number two, health insurance. So when I say those words, some of us might cringe. Health insurance is a delicate topic in a number of ways. Uh, there are some benefits here. Is, is first and foremost, understanding for this upcoming year what your health insurance truly is. There's a couple of pieces within that to, to understand. One is your deductible. Uh, another is your coverage. And Ed, you have a lot more experience than I do with the years of your extended family and all the health coverage costs you've you've covered. Why don't you share with us a little yeah, bit? Yeah, I mean, that? you know, having three kids, raising three kids, you know, one is finally out of the nest and not under the health insurance, but you know, my nineteen and twenty-one year olds still are. So, you know, even though we're a re- relatively healthy family, we we still seem to, you know, have when there's four people, go to the doctor. And so when you have that higher deductible, which we picked. And more and more people are picking that just because health insurance is getting so expensive. What you want to do is kind of structure and plan around it. For example, I knew I needed to go to a couple of doctor's appointments. I won't bore you with what, but nothing big, but I needed to do that. So I waited until literally I have two, you saw on the calendar already, I have two doctor's appointments this week. I have one next week. I kind of, I'm front loading them because if for some reason, God forbid, but if for some reason someone in our family needs something that's more expensive, then it'll end up being more cost efficient because we'll jam it all hopefully in one year. Because the last couple of months last year, I realized, you know what, it doesn't look like we're going to even get close to hitting the deductible. So you can strategically utilize your health insurance in a certain way. And it, you know, over the long run can save hundreds and thousands of dollars. So you're, what you're saying is it's uh, you can't plan for those urgent, immediate things that randomly come out with health. But the checkups, the you know, occasional appointments here and there that you schedule proactively, you do it sometimes the prior year, sometimes the, the corresponding year, right. depending on where your deductible is. Yep, exactly. That's right. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's good. And and so the high deductible health plan, why is that becoming more popular? You want to share that a little bit with us? So one key year was 17, but now 18 years ago, because I'm still 2003, they created something called the HSA, which stands for Health Savings Account. And what that is, is that's an account that you can contribute now as of this year, individuals can put up to $3,600 into it. And families, two people or more, can contribute $7,200 into it. It's a it's an account that you can use to pay for all types of medical uh, expenses pre-tax, drugs, office visits, anything that you would use to pay towards a deductible, you can use and pay for pre-tax. This is a super powerful thing. I mean, you know, if you're paying 20 or 30 or, you know, 40% in taxes because of your income, that means for every $10,000 that you have in medical expenses, if you're not utilizing this, you literally have to make like fifteen dollars or $16,000 to pay for the $10,000 in medical expenses. So I encourage all of my clients, I encourage everybody who has a higher deductible plan to be able to, to, to put money into these HSA accounts. I mean, we have been doing it almost ever since it's been around. I still, I have 300, I looked at it today, $396 left in ours. We spend it almost every year. And the reason is because we also have expenses. Now, you could get a real low deductible plan, but the premiums on those, it costs you a lot more money unless you're really fortunate in your, your business or your company pays for it. So that's why, that's why one of the reasons why, and also the other main reason is just healthcare has gotten so expensive. Yeah. And the HSA too, one of the nice parts I've realized over the last couple of years is they're becoming more flexible on what counts as health expenses. Mm -hmm. For example, contacts, glasses count. Yeah, Some over-the-counter prescriptions count. Uh, You can use all that money. And and to your point, Ed, it is the only account to this day that is what they call triple tax exempt. It has the maximum tax benefits you can think of. And and here's here's a huge bonus. If you're a super healthy person and you put these contributions in and you don't use it, you can invest the money. You can actually use it like a retirement account. And when you pull the money out in the future, let's say you've accumulated it uh, to a high amount and you're never going to use it all. When you retired, you can use it like a retirement account. So it's like an extra retirement account if if you don't use it. So Lots of benefits, yeah. yeah. Well, let's jump into our last and, and uh, you know, just as important as the other two ideas is let's make sure you look at your investment mix, okay? Past episodes, most people know what we've talked about is the major building blocks for investments are stocks and bonds. You know, another one is real estate. That's usually people's houses, but stocks and bonds. And so what you put your money in 401ks and IRAs usually end up being stocks and bonds. I mean, sometimes people will do gold or People, we're hearing more and more about like maybe Bitcoin, things of that nature. But when you look at the asset mix of stocks and bonds, it changes because of what happens in the marketplace. Markets go up and they go down, and especially last year. Yeah. You know, it's funny. We've talked about this in the past. If you looked at the stock market January 1st, 2020, and you took a nap and didn't pay attention to anything in the world, didn't pay attention to anything in the markets, anything in the economy, et cetera, et cetera. And you woke up December 31st, 2020. You look at these returns. 
and you say, wow, we had a wonderful year. A sol- solid, a solid year, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and at one point in time, so James and I were talking in the afternoon of uh, December 31st, and uh, we, I have this uh, thing where I can look at all the different indexes and stock markets and how they did. And March, around March 19th to the 23rd was when everything bottomed out because of COVID. Since then, one of the ones was our the small cap, U.S. small cap stocks have rebounded since then 90%. 90% in nine months. No one in a million years would have ever, you know, guessed that. But that's what happened. And so we just, we just don't know when we can't predict. So one of the things that people can use that's an incredible tool, and I, I've been using this since the 90s. It's been out since the 90s. There's a company that provides free, uh, a lot of free research. It's called Morningstar. They're based out of Chicago. It's great for advisors like us, but it's great. It was actually created for also individual investors who want to do their own thing. Morningstar has this tool that's called Morningstar's Portfolio Manager. If you just type that into Google or a search or go to Morningstar and just type in portfolio manager, what it is is it's this great tool that you can plug in, plug in all the investments that you own in your 401k and or anywhere it's else. It's just plug and chug too. You it, literally just put in the amount of shares you have and the symbol and that's it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it's super easy. And what you do is the reason you would do this is you plug it all in and it immediately all of a sudden give you all this vast information and say, you have this much in U.S. stocks, you have this much in international stocks, you have this much in bonds. And then if you want, it can tell you very, 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 very minute detail. Like what sectors is your money? You know, that kind of thing. You might you don't necessarily need to know all of that if you don't want to. But what this does is give you an idea of what is your asset mix. And if you pay attention to these things, you're going to see it's probably not what your target is. Everybody should have a target asset mix based upon your age, based upon when you're going to retire, or if you're retired, how much you should have in stocks and bonds, international, et cetera, et cetera. Morningstar X-ray tool, awesome. Free, the best thing out there that you can use. Yeah, and and incredibly easy too. Incredibly easy to use. And so many of you have heard the, the whole adage of, I need to have this much percent bonds, this much percent stocks. Why is that so important? Why does everyone hit that home? Well, when we run retirement uh, reviews with people and we plan for retirement with people, what's amazing uh, that we found is when we run all these simulations and trials and all the goals that people have to need that income, the more, uh, I would say probably 90% of the time this happens, Ed, is the more conservative you get, the higher likelihood your money is going to last longer. Now, there's a point where you're too conservative, right? But more often than not, everyone says, well, I need to make X amount of percent return. And so I should be in so much percent stock because I need to make up for lost ground. Well, if, if you run those scenarios, which, which again, we found that the more conservative you get, the longer your money will last. It's kind of like this middle in-between place, yeah, right? If there's you a balance. Get, if you get ultra conservative, it's not good because you can't keep up with making enough money to get the income you want. But the main reason why, James, you're, you're saying this is because there are these pockets and these periods of time when the stock market's going to do bad, and it's going to do bad for a while. And if you keep taking out the amount of income you thought you could take out, and it's dropping 10, 20, 30, 40%, I mean, that happens if you're all in stocks or a lot in stocks. It is severely painful. It freaks you out. And what happens is you don't run out of money. I just tell people, Here's what will happen. If you're too aggressive in retirement, you basically take the risk of altering 
your entire retirement landscape, and now you will be able, you will spend a lot less money the rest of your life. Do you want to put yourself in that spot? Like, do you want to put yourself in a place where, you know, let's say you want to spend when you're retired, 80, 90, $100,000 a year, and then you made this mistake, and now, oh, you can only spend 60 or 70. Do you want that to happen when 10 years into retirement? The answer is no way. I want to prevent everything in the world to do that, and that's having this right asset mix. So in the spirit of the Bears playing this weekend, which by the time we release this out, let's hope for good news. I doubt it, but let's hope for good news. Nonetheless, uh, the analogy here is if if you have somebody that helps you with this, you do it yourself and you realize, okay, if I get to this point, my asset mix is here, I will be okay. You are in the end zone. Stop running. Yeah, exactly. And then, and I kind of position it to people too. I'm like, well, here's the deal. Like if you're, if you do this and you're, and you're aggressive and you're right and it, that doesn't happen to you, you know, the benefit is you, you leave a bigger legacy to people. If, uh, if you do this and you're wrong, now you either have to depend on other people, children or whatever, or you have to just all of a sudden, you know, live a, a different retirement life than you ever thought. Usually people don't want to take that risk. So yeah. No, no good reason. So we say all this because uh, as it relates to the beginning of the year is uh, the same concept we've talked about before, but if you didn't do it in 2020, definitely need to look at it as soon as possible is the idea of rebalancing. So step number one is look at where your asset mix is. We recommend that Morningstar tool is a great starting point. Compare that to where you want to be. If it's out of whack, if it's out of line, Take advantage of that rebalancing as soon as you can, especially with where the market is. And, you know, just like we've said in the past, if you're younger, meaning if you're like more than five, at least 10 years away from needing the money, you should really be more focused on stocks. The bonds are great in that they, they make you feel good, but that you just don't have as much money. Literally, like if you have mostly stocks when you're younger, you literally going to retire years earlier. That's just a massive difference on the compounding. So super important. But when you get closer to retirement and retirement, you want to make sure you have enough of the bonds. Agreed. Well, I think that that brings us to another episode of Food for Thought, Ed. It certainly does. We're going to have a guest appearance today. The reason is when what, so just so everybody can see, we taped this podcast and the podcast is in our conference room. And one of the things I did when I set up the conference room five years ago is I made sure one of the walls in our conference room, for those of you who have been in here, has dry erase. The entire wall is dry erase. So we we draw up on the wall all the time. And what we do is we put our outline of all the stuff we're going to talk to you about on there. And then sometimes what we did this morning was, was the food for thought James wrote. And underneath it, my food for thought today is stuffed steak. And when that happened... The cameo today is Francesca. Francesca, what did you say when I a said stuff? A very hurt Francesca is appearing on the podcast today because when I saw the board, I was I was shocked that I had never been delivered this recipe. Prior shocked, to appalled. This day. She, I couldn't tell if it was anger or a tear coming down your eye. And the reason is why is the reason. I, my favorite food is steak. I'm, I'm pretty, pretty solid on that. My favorite food is steak. I've been here for a year and a half almost now. 
And Ed know, knows this for certain. And I have withheld this. And, you know, do you think maybe there's a good reason why I withheld this? You know, now that you say it, maybe maybe you were looking out for me, but I'm still... I'm no, still there's not actually a good hurt. reason. The reason why I'm bringing this recipe up now, and it's truthfully the first recipe I ever mentioned, you all recall, was chicken marsa- marsala. And that is like the top two in our family favorite. That's the kind of the one that I make, you know, throughout the year when people are guests and all of that. But the one I usually make once a year, sometimes twice, but usually once a year is Christmas Eve. I've been doing this recipe, I don't know, since the kids were at least for 15 years. And what it is, is it's not an incredible cut of steak, but it's flank steak. And some people may have seen these kind of recipes, but it's a flank steak that you 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 cut it you cut it lengthwise and you open the flank steak up, and what you do is you put the stuffing in there that has what how do we call it like roasted peppers, pine nuts, frozen spinach, and a variety of seasonings. And uh, and I put I make this in kind of like a it's like a stuffing, and what I do is I lay it in there, and then when I put it in, and then I roll it all up. And then you bake it for a little less than an hour. Oh, the the thing that makes it incredible, though, is first, flank steak unto itself is, like I said, not a great cut. But what I do is I marinate it for usually overnight or for a good half of a day in this, in this marinade that has a variety of different things. But for some reason, it is spectacular. All the kids, almost everybody in the family, you know, whenever I think... Somebody said recently to my son, Nathan, hey, what's your favorite meal? And he always says stuff ta- steak. So I'm going to put that on there, and uh, hopefully you guys can give it a try. And, uh, you know, ask your, – your dad likes to make steak, so see if he'll do it for you. Oh, yeah. Every every Wednesday I am blessed. I, I live pretty close to him, so I go there every Wednesday. And, of course, we have steak, so this is going to be the next the next recipe on the menu. So – Great. Well, thanks for jumping on. Hopefully we'll have other appearances in the future. Looking forward to 2021 and we will talk to you all soon. I have been slapped on my hand one too many times by my compliance attorney. This is to put me in good standing. This podcast represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time, should not be relied upon as investment advice, and is not intended to predict or depict performance of any investment. Any specific recommendations or comparisons that are made as to particular securities or strategies are for illustrative purposes only and are not meant as investment advice for any viewer.